Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. I have always wondered, where in the world did the phrase, they've got an ax to grind, come from? And what does it mean? I mean, why do people use that? Well, see, when you when you study communication, you want to know things like that because heaven forbid you be in another country and you say something like that. I can't tell you the number of times that I've been previewing my presentation with the translator and had them say something to me that was just bizarre as they tried to translate to their language and then back to English something that I had said. Here's what I know. Leaders constantly grow, perpetually, because they are always sharpening their acts. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And if you are a leader of any sort at any level, I don't care the industry, I don't care the services that you provide, if you lead a small group of people like your family or you lead a large organization, there is no excuse for you assuming you've got it all figured out. Nope, there's not. There's also no excuse for you as a leader, assuming you've got it all figured out and that you, although you are capable and competent and prepared to teach, don't need to learn anything else. Now, there's something that's been rattling around in my head for the 10 plus years that I have been a communications coach. Before I became part of the John Maxwell team, I spent five years coaching the Dale Carnegie classes. That doesn't mean I was a paid instructor. It means I sat at the back of the room. I helped teach some of the sessions. I coached people through the process. I tag teamed with the actual person who's being paid to teach the class. And I got the benefit of going through the class dozens of times over the five years. I learned something new every time I went to the Dale Carnegie course. I learned something new about communication skills, about the golden rules, about how to communicate with people, about how different people communicate differently. When I joined the John Maxwell team and I took on my own role of being a speech coach, helping people write their speeches and prepare their presentations, I realized early on the number of people who want to grab the microphone and they want to stand in front of a crowd and regale the crowd with their eloquence for the purpose of a paycheck and nothing else. And they really aren't deeply concerned about the impact that it has on the people. They're really not concerned about whether or not people are moved by it unless it comes in the form of applause or a standing ovation or an enormous check. No, what they're concerned about is, did I impress them? Did I impress them? And when what you're concerned about is, did I impress them and did I get a fat paycheck? Not, did I make an impact in their life that's going to make them better people? Chances are you're going to fall a little short from time to time. In fact, you've already fallen short because your character doesn't keep up with your skill set or your talent. As a leader, character is the most important thing to develop. It's the area we have to constantly grow. But we can never abandon the area of our expertise. 
Don't ever assume that because you've received a certain award or achieved a certain level. I, I have a lot of coaching clients who've come to me and said, I just want to make sure that I get at least one TEDx talk. I'm like, that's not a bad goal, but that's not the holy grail of public speaking. It might be a stair step for some people. And for some people, like Simon Sinek, it launched his career. The multi-millions of books that he's sold since then, the platforms and stages that he's been on since then, the opportunities that he's had to travel with world leaders and, and major well-known leadership gurus like John Maxwell have come from his exposure on TED. Great. That's great. But there are a lot of people who make as much or more money in their speaking career who've never been on a TED stage. Not even once. And there are also a whole lot of people who have worked really, really hard. They've invested everything they have, everything they are, financially, emotionally, rationally, relationally, to get on that TED stage. And, well, nothing happened after they did. And what we realize is that might be a mile marker. It might be a milestone for some. It might be on the pathway to grand success for certain people, but it's not the end-all be-all and it's not the thing that determines whether you're going to be greatly successful or not or greatly and financially rewarded or not, greatly impacting other people or not. It might and it might not. Kind of like writing a book. I've written seven. None of them have been bestsellers. None of them have made the New York Times bestsellers list. None of them have had the PR campaign and the book signings and the radio shows and, and all of the things that people utilize to sell a book. None of them have had the engineered best-selling campaign of, you know, get 5,000 people to go buy the book one at a time and you'll be a bestseller at least for the day. Because I haven't played that. But I can tell you the people that have read the book, any one of them, have said, my life is different because I read that book. Now, I say all that to say, in the 10 years that I've been coaching public speakers and leaders and helping them to better define their story, who it is that they help and how they help them, and what story from their life is going to best illustrate that in this moment, one of the challenges that I constantly have are the people who want to make up a story, completely fabricated out of thin air, or they want to adopt the story someone else has been telling. And it's not a life they've lived. They've never matched the three E's, earned the right, eager to tell it and tell it with enthusiasm. They know they're nowhere near that, but they feel like the story they're going to tell is an illustration. And as an illustration only, it sometimes loses its power, but more than anything else, it damages your integrity and your authenticity, especially when you tell a story or tell a joke and somebody else has told it better. The fact that someone else has told it demeans your authenticity just a little bit. But the fact that somebody else told it better, that really can shake your credibility. So in my own pursuit to be better at what I do, to be a better presenter, a better speaker, a better communicator, I never stop reading. You can see the books behind me. Uh, there's a whole shelf over there just of John Maxwell books on better leadership skills, better communication skills. And then, of course, he comes out with this new one. The 16 Undeniable Laws of Communication. And so, of course, I picked it up. Of course, I did. And not only did I pick it up, I've already started reading it and marking all over it because that's what I do with my books when I find a good point. 
He says on page 27, quote, I estimate that it took me about eight years to find, develop, and refine my style. <laughs> that sounds like a long time, but it was worth the investment. But back here on page 18, there's a little quote. It's in a box. It comes from the text first, but he puts it in a little call-out box. It's powerful. He says, and I quote, because this is a quote from Jamie Kern Lima. Quote, authenticity doesn't automatically guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. Authenticity doesn't automatically guarantee success, but inauthenticity guarantees failure. Above that, he says, quote, if you speak words you do not live, you lack authenticity and your communication will not be successful. The clients that I fire, for lack of a better term, the ones that I am willing to give their money back and send them on their merry way are the ones who simply say to me, help me write the speech that sells. Why? Why are they so focused on the speech that sells? Well, because they're not greatly concerned about the impact they're going to make on other people's lives. They're more concerned with the amount of money they're going to make telling their story. And for most people, that story is a monologue. It's the whole thing from I was born at a very young age until yesterday. And in that timeline, that story repeats itself. It's cyclical. There may or may not be teaching points, but most people don't care about your memoir. As John Maxwell is also fond of saying, people don't care what you know until they know you care. If you're not authentically interested in them, then you're just talking to hear yourself speak or you're just talking to hear to get a paycheck. Every leader that I know, whether it's IT or AI, whether it's space exploration or electric cars, whether it's selling alcohol or building a food brand, I don't know any good leaders who don't spend more time studying in their area of expertise than they do anything else. The old adage, if I have an hour to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first half hour sharpening my axe because it makes the labor of chopping down the tree a whole lot easier. There are a whole lot of people who will take the time and the effort to show up, to show off, to show out. Uh, a whole lot of people who will expend their energy getting the attention of others. But when they get there, what they deliver isn't authentically them. And it's not pressed down, shaken together, and running over with great talent, great skill, great ability. They don't know what they're talking about. They haven't lived through the experience. You maybe have heard the, the old story of the woman who took her son to see Mahatma Gandhi and said, tell my son to stop eating sugar. And he said, come back and see me in three days. When he did see the little boy again, he said, stop eating sugar. And the mother said, why didn't you just tell him that three days ago? He said, because three days ago, I still struggled with sugar. Uh, people don't want your advice when the problem they have is still kicking your butt. They want your advice when you've lived through the problem and you've got something to tell about it. Look, if it's your life, if you've lived through it, if you learn something from it, that's a story people want to hear. 
They don't just want to hear about the tragedies of your life. They want to know that you face them, that you're real, and that you overcame them. They also want to know that even in the area of your overcoming, even in the area of your expertise, even in the place where you've won the battle, that you've never stopped studying. You never gave up. You never quit. You never said, I got it. I'm, I'm the top. I'm the top of the game. I watched a video the other day of a uh, kickboxer. Um, Mandibi? He was a Greek guy. Mike, they called him Magic Mike for a while. Uh, like Mike Tyson, but different. And he was quite the kickboxer. Started off in his early 20s. And fought until his late 30s. I think he retired at like 34, 35 years old, which is a pretty long fighting career when you consider the damage that a fighter takes. He had an impressive record of something like 120 wins to 20 losses, and 80 of his 120 wins were knockouts. Very impressive for a guy that was 150 pounds. Very talented, very skilled fighter. But he never stopped learning. And when he lost, he came back even stronger, even harder, with an entirely new skill set added to. And even in the ring, you can watch him adapting to and adjusting to his opponent. To assume that you can walk in with one punch and knock everybody out is a fallacy. To assume that you can take the stage and blow everybody out of their chairs every time without prep without training, without preparing yourself, without asking yourself honestly, what could I have done better? If you are arrogant enough to believe that you've already got that all figured out, that you don't need to do anything better, that you've got all of it mastered, well, chances are your arrogance is going to come through. Again, I don't care if you're leading a, an automobile detail company or a mega corporation. If you feel like you've got it all figured out and you don't have anything else to learn about people, about leadership skills, about communication skills, chances are your dream of further aspirations is about to be awakened. You'll be wakened up from that dream and realize, wow, I had a lot more to learn. And you're going to hit a wall. Or as John says, you're going to hit a lid. And the lid on your leadership may be based on your arrogance, may be based on your lack of authenticity, may be based on your inability to perceive the pains of others, may be based on your arrogance that you've got it all figured out. But when you reach that lid, understand that not only does your leadership stop there, the organization that you lead will never get beyond that point either. If you want to be a great leader, if you want to constantly see opportunities for promotion, if you constantly want to grab the next raise, I don't care if you're the shift manager at McDonald's or the general manager of General Motors. Don't stop learning. Sharpen your axe. And if you're just starting out in your career and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I, I don't like being a dollar an hour kind of employee. I, I want to get a raise. I want to make more money. I want to earn opportunities to have a promotion, to do better jobs. I want the corner office. Let me tell you something. From Warren Buffett to Grant Cardone, 
anybody will tell you, if you want to promote yourself in life, if you want a better job, you want a better career, you want to quit your job or career and move on into business somewhere all on your own, there is no area of focus that needs your attention like your ability to communicate. There is no substitute for the ability to communicate. I know right now there are a lot of people who feel like, oh, we don't have to learn to communicate better. We've got AI. We can just go to the, to the chat dudes and, and, and say, write me copy. And it will. Yes, it will. And write my homework. And it will. And what if there's a major power outage for a sustained period of time? What if you can't thumb puzzle your way through a relationship with tweets and autocorrects and AI? What happens when you have to stand face to face with people that you don't know and share ideas that they've never heard? There is no substitute for good communication skill. None. Zero. Zip, zilch, nada. And if you're going to sharpen anything from retail sales to corporate leadership, if you're going to sharpen anything that's going to get you a raise and get you a promotion and take you to the next level, Make it your communication skills. You probably won't believe it, but if you were to take the Story Power Masterclass, I'll prove it to you. Story Power is what changes attitudes. It's not just a communication skill. It will transform you too. And if you'll take the time to master your communication skills, join the Story Power Masterclass. Come live or go online. I don't care. But you will improve your communication skills. You will improve your attitude. You'll improve your leadership skills. You will improve your worth to whoever you work for, whether it's McDonald's or it's you. You will be worth more to the people you work for if you'll improve your communication skills and improve your attitude. And Story Power Masterclass will do that. I challenge you as a leader, you need to know that you need to grow perpetually. Never Stop sharpening your axe. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement, and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings, and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.